start off by wishing all the fathers in here happy Father's Day. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I want to start off this homily with an apology. I want to apologize for all the women and the young ladies in here. And I want to apologize for all the married men in here. This homily may not be for you. As you know, I'm going to be ordained to the priesthood in two weeks. And that's what I want to talk about. The priesthood of Jesus Christ. And the beauty of it and why how every single man should at some point in their life consider it. So all the young guys in here, listen up. Before I speak about why you should consider the priesthood, I want to talk about why you shouldn't. Obviously, the church is in need of priests. But if you think that the church cannot survive without you, if you think your preaching or your gift is what's going to save the church, don't be a priest. Or maybe you think that the church has gone astray. The Pope or the patriarchs don't know what they're doing. Or maybe the 2,000-year tradition that we have, you think your ways are better? You are the one that's going to save the church? We don't need you. We don't need a savior. We already have one, and his name is Jesus. If you want to become a priest to make your mom and your dad happy, or to make your family proud, or you want to become a priest because you just can't fight the right girl, come become a priest. Priesthood is a calling from God, and it's not a plan B because life did not pan out the way you wanted it to. If you're power hungry, if you like the prestige that comes with the priesthood and how they put everybody or they put the priest on a pedestal, don't become a priest. A priest should be a humble servant who lives and to take care of those around him. And all those who come to the priest, all those who come to him, really just want a glimpse of Christ. It's not because how awesome the priest is is. And the priest will only do them justice if he points them to Jesus, the high priest. St. John Paul II once said, the world looks to the priest because it looks to Jesus. No one can see Christ, but everyone sees the priest. And through him, they wish to catch a glimpse of the Lord. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, why you shouldn't become a priest, I want to talk about the beauty of the priesthood. Why the priesthood is so essential. The priesthood is essential because the priest is a continuation of Christ's work on earth. St. John Vianney, the patron saint of priests, puts it in this way. Without the sacrament of holy orders, we would not have the Lord. Who put him in the tabernacle? The priest. Who welcomed your soul at the beginning of your life? The priest. Who feeds your soul and gives it strength for the journey? The priest. Who will prepare your soul to appear before God? Bathing it one last time in the blood of Jesus Christ, the priest. And if the soul should happen to die as a result of sin, who will raise it up? Who will restore its calm and its peace? The priest. He's obviously talking about the sacrament. But how blessed is that unworthy soul to be able to administer the sacrament, to be in persona Christi, to be another Christ on earth, to be the light of the world, to be sent out into the world as his representative. And if you answer to this call, you will be sent out. Some of you know I've been to Haiti. I've done mission trips in Haiti. And in Haiti, we used to work with the missionaries of charity, right? This is the order that Mother Teresa started. And the missionaries had these places called the home of the dying. So people that are there were people who were dying, but they had no one to take care of them. So the sisters would take care of them. When we would go there, the priest would go and anoint those who are getting ready to be called home by God. 
So one time we go there, and there was eight or nine people that passed away. And that's not the norm. So afterwards, we went to the sister, and we're like, sister, how come there were so many deaths today? And her answer was, because there hasn't been a priest here in a while. It's like they waited for the priest before they passed away. And it's a prayer that we pray in the Hail Mary. What do we say? Hail Mary, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. And when God wants to answer that prayer, who does he send? His priest. The priesthood is so beautiful that even angels marvel at the grace that is given to these men. St. John Vianney once said, If I were to meet a priest and an angel, I shall salute the priest before I saluted the angel. The latter is the friend of God, but the priest holds his place. St. Francis Giselle shares a story of this newly ordained priest. He was standing outside of a church one day, and he saw this, this young man who just got ordained to the priesthood. He had the door open, and it seemed like he was talking to somebody, but there was no one there. So he went there afterwards to speak to him, and he's like, what was that all about? Apparently, this young man had a great devotion to his guardian angel. And God had given him the grace to see his guardian angel. So this man picked up a habit of opening up a door to let his guardian angel in before they entered any building. But after he was ordained, he opened that door. His guardian angel would not go in before him. After you, Father. St. John Vianney said, were we to fully realize what a priest is on earth, we would die. Not out of fear, but out of love. God will do some amazing things in your life if you answer this call. If you give up your life to serve him. But it's not what it's all about. A priest should lay down his life as a sacrifice. The priesthood of Jesus Christ was instituted on Holy Thursday at the Last Supper. What did Jesus do after the Last Supper? He went over to be handed down to start his passion. In a way saying, if you follow me, you are going to make your life a sacrifice for others. The priesthood is hard. It should be hard. Sometimes it's the very same people that you serve will be the same very people that will talk about you. A few years ago, I was at Tim Hortons. I was doing, I think I was writing a paper. And I went outside uh, just to have a break, get some fresh air. And this guy walked up to me. This Chaldean guy, we started talking, and we started talking about the church. And he just went off on the priest. Priests are this, priests are that. All they care about is money. So I let him talk. For about 15 minutes, his bashing our priest. And at the end of it, I'm like, oh, by the way, I'm studying to become a priest. He's like, oh, I love our priests. They're so great. You know, and that's not indictment on that guy. God bless him. Because we all do it. We all talk about our priest. How many of us have? But it's okay. That shouldn't take you away from answering this call. Because he came down and it was the people that he wanted to save. It was the people that he wanted to serve. Were the same people that sped on him, stripped him naked, and put him on that cross. And that's our model. To man up, to pick up our cross, and to follow him. It might even be your brother priest that talk about you. But that's okay. Jesus' best friend is the one that betrayed him. Judas, what a sad story Judas' story was. The Bible says it would have been better for that man to not have been born. Man, he was so close. He was so close. But he chose the riches of this world instead of the riches of the kingdom of God. His story could have been so different. His story could have been so much different. My brothers, your story 
could be different if you open up your heart and allow God to work and to ask him if this is what he's calling you to do instead of following the riches of this world. And I know people talking about you may hurt your feelings. And to that I would say, man up. We need men, not little boys. If you're looking for a comfortable life where everybody loves you, please, 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 for the love of God, I'm begging you, do not consider the priesthood. The church has been comfortable for way too long, and that's why we don't even live in a Christian society anymore. We need men who are ready to lay down their lives for the service of others. We need men who fight on their knees, and their weapon of, the, of choice is their most holy rosary. We need men who are after God, and their only purpose on earth is to populate heaven. You will be in charge of souls and their eternal life. That is no small task. St. John Vianney says, If the parish priest is a saint, his people will be holy. If the priest is holy, but not yet a saint, his people will be good. If he is good, his people will be lukewarm. And if he is lukewarm, his parishioners will be bad. And if the priest himself is bad, his people will go to hell. I want to finish off this homily by sharing my story of what God's grace has done for me, why I'm here before you today. And I'm going to try to keep it short. So I was born in Iraq at six. We left Iraq. We lived in Greece for a while. And at Greece was the first time that I encountered Jesus. I love Jesus. I remember my first communion like it was yesterday. It was such a blessing, such a grace that God gave me. I was so excited to receive Jesus. And when I received him, Man, I still have this image in my mind. I walked out of the church into the courtyard. I remember looking down at my feet to make sure they were touching the ground. I felt like I was flying. God was so good to me. At 12, we moved to the States. Went to middle school, went to high school, fell away from the church. Got caught up in the world. Got caught up in the culture. Did a lot of things that I probably shouldn't be doing. Had a lot of habits that were not good. I would go to youth groups, but my masses were only Christmas and Easter. That was my spiritual life. And then we started this group at church. This man took time out of his, out of his day, out of his week, and he would meet with us every week. It was a secret group. No one knew about it. It was me and six of my closest friends. We would go to church once a week, and we would stay there sometimes five, six, seven hours. We would stay there till two in the morning. We would talk about life and we would talk about Jesus. And we tried to throw every question at this guy. And the church had an answer for everything. And then we opened the Bible. And I fell in love with Jesus again. This is all I can talk about. This is all I can think about. I was at church six days a week. I was at every single Bible study that there was. And it was only six days because on Friday there was nothing going on at the church. I probably would have been there too. Jesus became everything to me. Jesus became real again. And then at this time, I started seeing Haiti everywhere, the country. It may sound weird, but at the most randomest places, this country would pop up. And I was like, Lord, what does this mean? I'll pray. I'm going to pray about this. But this doesn't make sense. Haiti, like what am I going to go do in Haiti? And just to backtrack a little bit, when I decided to change my ways, when I decided to stop my sins, right, to start sinning and to give my life to Jesus. I remember I went to the chapel, I knelt before God, and I'm like, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. Like, I will stop sinning. I want to change the way I live. I want to live for you. Please don't ask me to become a priest. I did not want to be a priest. 
That's the last thing on my mind, was to be a priest. Half of the guys that I was in the group with were discerning priesthood. And, you know, I was being a good brother, like, yeah, this is great, you know. Like, I'll pray for you. In the back of my mind, I'm like, you guys are crazy. Like, why would you want to be a priest? Why would you not want to have a family? Why would you not want to have kids? And this goes on for a while. I see Haiti everywhere. I went to a Bible study at St. George. After Bible study, this guy goes up and he's like, oh, I just got back from Haiti. I'm collecting some money. I'm going again. I'm like, here we go again. I went and talked to him. It didn't work out. But this keeps showing up. Haiti keeps going everywhere. I was serving at St. Thomas. I was doing a youth group there. And then one day we had a visiting priest. And the priest came. And he, he went up. And the first thing that he said, I still remember, he's like, I just got back from a mission trip. Exists little island an hour and a half south of Florida. Can anybody guess what it is? I'm like, oh, here we go again. It's Haiti. So afterwards, I talked to the priest. I was like, Father, this is what's going on for the past two years. What should I do? Here is my number. I'm going next summer. Call me if you're interested. I get in my car. I'm driving an O2 Cadillac DeVille Mixalic Blue. This is going to make sense in a little bit. I get in my car. I drive home. I'm at the light, going to make a left to go into my subdivision, and I'm listening to K-Love. I don't know if you guys know what K-Love is. It's Christian music. So I'm listening to K-Love, and this song finishes, and the radio host comes on, and she says, I love this small part of the song. It talks about helping people, whether it's helping your neighbor or taking a mission trip to Haiti. I'm at the light, like, what is going on? I put my head down, and I'm like, Lord... I promise you, I will go to Haiti, but I need to know that it's your will. I lift up my head, and in front of me is the O2 Cadillac DeVille, metallic blue, and the license plate read, God wills. I had to go to Haiti. I went to Haiti four times in total. First couple of years... Still no priesthood. Like, Lord, if you want me to be a missionary, this is great. I love helping poor. I don't want to be a priest. But then God showed me the beauty of the priesthood through the priest I was with, Father Aaron Smith. See, in Haiti, we used to run a summer camp for kids. So I'm with the kids throughout the day, and Father Aaron is doing priestly stuff. But every time there was a death, every time somebody needed anointing, every time a baby needed baptism, I always ended up next to Father Aaron. After a while, we, we realized it too, like, how is this happening? God was showing me the beauty of the priesthood. And that's finally when I was able to surrender my heart fully to Jesus, be open to this calling, and that's how he sent me here today. And I want to encourage you, my brothers, be not afraid. God will open doors for you. God will send people in your life. He sent me that man to help me with that Bible study I would always joke around with Father Aaron. I would always tell him, like, you were sent to Michigan for me. I know you help a lot of people. You were sent to Michigan for me. I was in Haiti when I got the phone call that I got accepted in the seminary. So I'm in the roof. Father Pierre, who was the vocation, uh, vocation, priest at the, vocation director at the time, he calls me. And I'm on the roof. I'm talking to him. And I see Father Aaron pacing back and forth on the phone. It was at that time, his director called him, telling him he was getting moved to Rome. It was like, your work here is done. God will send you people. God will find the way. God will open up a path only if you open up your heart to him. 
and open up your heart by going to him through Our Lady. Our Lady will help you get there. So let's pray, my brothers and sisters. Let's pray for the church. Let's pray for our priests. Let's pray for vocations. And I ask you that you pray for me, that I may be a good and faithful priest, that I may guide his people to him. Can we do a Hail Mary? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and now, our Lady, Mother of Priests, pray for us.